755 is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty. Welcome back to 755 is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer for The Athletic, with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty, former Braves reliever. Eric, what's happening out in Seattle, man? Is the air breathable? We're the same. Yeah, no, it's good. It's cooling off, but it's, it's nice out. Good. Well, we got a special guest today in in light of the Braves facing the Reds in this first round series that starts Wednesday. We got our man Trent Rosecrans from uh, the Athletic Cincinnati, the Reds writer, uh, former yeah. formerly with the Cincinnati paper there, and a UGA graduate. You're from That's down true. here. You're from down here, Trent. Uh, I consider that home. Okay. I'm a nil, I'm a Navy brat, so I've lived oh, all over okay. the place. I graduated high school in Japan. I was so wondering how you ended really up at UGA. That's why. That's why I asked. Why wouldn't you end up there? Well, I mean, yeah, it's a cool school, but I'm, you know, you know, you know. Whatever. Um, so that's it. Uh, Trent's here to talk about the Reds, and we'll talk about the Braves. And it's going to be an interesting series, man, to say the least. You got one of the best pitching staffs in baseball, and especially three really good starters facing an offense that was only behind the Dodgers in runs scored and home runs, right behind the Dodgers. I think one run less than the Dodgers and a few homers less. And the Braves really pounded the ball in September, even more than the Dodgers did. So, Meanwhile, the Braves have got Max Freed and a couple of rookies facing the Reds. So, I mean, how are you looking at this thing going, man? Or is it you, are you as captivated by it as we are? Yeah, it's strength on strength. Yeah, I mean, you roll out Bauer, Bauer, Castillo, Gray, and you roll it out against Freeman, you know, uh, Ozuna, uh, all uh, these guys. Acuna. I mean, they, Acuna. Um, Adam Duvall, what he's been able to do. I mean, you, just, great. you just roll these guys out and it's, it's great. It's what you want to see. You want to see the best hitters against the best pitchers and then, you know, hitters against pitchers. And that's what, you know, you know, uh, top of every inning is going to be, um, you know, hitters and pitchers. And then the bottom, I mean, you could probably just watch the bottom of these innings, skip yeah. every top of the inning yeah. and watch the bottom. Cause that's what you want to see. You want yeah. Nobody wants to see the Braves pitchers, and nobody wants to see the Reds hitters. You just want to see Bauer, Castillo, Iglesias, Garrett, Sims, and and a different Lucas Sims than you guys saw. Just like it's a different Adam Duvall. Well, I mean, we saw that Adam Duvall a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know, almost a couple we want to see guys. these guys go up against the best hitters, and these are the best hitters. This is a. This is just a. You know, I did my MVP balloting uh, voting last night, and you just look up and down that lineup, and you're yeah. like, whoa. Yeah. Um, I looked even further at Ozuna's numbers, and yeah, geez louise, that guy was good. I mean, he led the league in homers and RBIs. They, the Braves had not had a guy lead the league in either of those categories since Andrew Jones led him in both in 05, so he did it again. Well, how about this? The Reds have never had a Cy Young winner. I know that's crazy. I heard that the other day on MLB Network. Considering the pitchers they've had there, that is crazy. It's a tough they've part. Had, I think five runner-up finishes. The Braves had um, six Tom's, in one decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was there that decade. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's insane. And um, Trevor Bauer could very well be the Cy Young winner. Yeah, well, he's going to be. Just like Freeman's going to be the MVP. Uh, you know, until a couple of weeks ago, until. Freed got hurt. He had a real shot at the uh, Cy Young, but then Bauer, you know, kept finished strong, and Freed got hurt, missed a start, and you know came back and only pitched one inning, turned an ankle, and was out of that game. So, 
But free, don't short, don't uh, don't sell him short, man. Yeah. He had a really good year. He did. Um, he was really good. Um, it, Bauer probably cemented it when he came back on short rest. Yeah, yeah. And came back on short rest and just shoved. Yeah, and yeah. he was great. And and there was really that one inning where he where he, I think he had either two or three on, and he just strikes out the, the next three guys, and it was like, oh, this was like I think the sixth, <laughs> and that leads them to the victory. I mean, this is a team that was just terrible for for so long. Like they had good pitching and they just didn't do anything. Yeah. Um. And, and they they had won like three series all season until the last five, and then they win the last five series and four of those against playoff teams. Yeah. Two on the road, including the Twins. You know, Saint at St. Louis at the Twins, the only team to win a series at yeah. Minnesota this year, and also against the White Sox and the Brewers. Eric, so I mean, that's two of the best teams in the, the American League yeah. that they took series the from. The Twins are really tough at home, too. Um, Eric, how nice would it be to have Trevor Bauer, a guy capable of going on short rest like that, in a series when you get to the bubble and it's best of five and you're playing five games straight. And then if, you, if you're if you fortunate enough to advance to the LCS, it's seven games straight. I mean, that's huge having a guy like Bauer who's got that rubber arm, man. Well, yeah, and he's already shown he can do it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 nice to have a guy that's willing to do it, but you don't know what you're going to get out of him, and to get that start already from him, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's pretty encouraging, and especially with no days off, man. I yeah. mean, it's a big thing to have a guy like that. He could go three times, and, and not only is he willing, he's yeah, he's wants good, and he goes yeah. like seven Nobody innings when he does to do it. it too. It's like his idea. He yeah. wants to do it one sixty two. That's pretty ballsy yeah. for a guy that's going to be a free agent this offseason to want it like that, man. That's one year cool. deals though, right? Yeah, that's what he wants to do is yeah. one-year deals. Well, and, that's ballsy, and, too. You know, because <laughs> otherwise, you would think, yeah. like, maybe the Reds don't have a chance. They spent a lot of money. They committed a lot of money this offseason. Uh-huh. Well, if they want to get the boys back together, you're only committed to a one-year deal. Uh, you know, there used to be a saying that there are no bad one-year deals, but uh, we'll, well see. We just saw one with but, Hamels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, we – the question is, you know, Trevor Bauer said he wants to go to a place where he can win. A place where he's comfortable, a place that he can have fun. Yeah, seems like he's doing it. Yeah, he's he's doing all those. He also has kind of the one of the things that I keep looking at is what he can do, what makes him comfortable. Um, he has a pitching coach that he likes and respects, and Derek Johnson, who mm-hmm. who may be one of the best. Caleb Cotham is the assistant k- pitching coach. Caleb is a guy that was was the second guy from driveline to make the big leagues, mm-hmm. um, and is driveline guy as is trevor they also have kyle Bodie. yeah yeah. driveline guy we had him on a podcast a couple of months ago or during the pandemic during the yeah uh, and shutdown and dj was asked about you know could he do would he be okay with with trevor pitching every four days could they figure out a way and he's like oh yeah sure that was our plan this year little things happened here and there that that kind of upset that but yeah we're fine with that people used to do it we think Trevor can do it, and Trevor is, prepares himself to do that. You know, if it's uh, only one-year deals that he's looking for, he'll have several teams in there. Like the Braves are – that's Alex's whole thing. He'll he'll, he'll spend sure. $30 million for a guy like Donaldson if it's for a one-year deal. He just yeah. doesn't yep. like to commit long-term. But he, th- he figures worst that can happen is like what happened with Hamels. But you're not locked in for multiple years, you know. So I would expect the Braves to be involved if uh, if it is if he's really sincere about yeah. I yeah. mean, you should be. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be the Cy Young winner. Yeah. He's going to say, "I just want one year." But he might get thirty million even in this yeah. market. Oh, I, I weird think so. Market. Easy. Well, nobody's ever come off a of Cy Young and said they only wanted a one year deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In his prime. In his prime. 
you know? Yeah, yeah right, right. I, I, I'll be interested to see if he, if he stays by that or if a team like, you know, name your big pockets team, it throws a three-year, uh, you know, $100 million offer at him. Will he be able to turn down that security for a one-year deal? After yeah, seeing all I, the I injuries around baseball this year. But, yeah, he would. I mean, Bauer – if anybody yeah. marches to the beat of their yeah. own drummer and does things that they don't expect, it's Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. How different is this cat, man? I mean, he comes across in interviews, obviously, is very different. I mean, I, I went from really loathing him when he was throwing teammates under the bus two years ago in Cleveland to really liking him after the trade to Cincinnati last year because just about everything he said, I agreed with it, even though he's really brash. You know, he makes a lot of sense, and he doesn't he didn't give a shit what people think. I like that. Yeah. No, he – um. You know, here's the thing that I think a lot of people didn't get up close. His teammates like him. That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. They, they, they dig him. I remember, you know, the day. It, it's still like the one of the craziest days I've had covering games was uh, July 30th, uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. That was the game where they trade for Trevor Bauer, and that was when Amir Garrett took on all the Pirates. Same game. Right, right, right. <laughs> they lost, and that clubhouse was jacked, not just from Amir. I mean, uh-huh. they got their ass beat, but not just from Amir taking on the world and solidifying himself as kind of a, a cult hero. Uh-huh. Um, we all knew Amir already. I mean, Amir, Amir doesn't play. Yeah. Um, and but, but they were all jacked. They were like, we got Bauer. We got Bauer. Uh-huh. And you had every pitcher saying, I'm psyched. Yeah. You know, I love this. And like, if you look at his last um, video blog, his last vlog, you know, there's a football game. He goes over to Sonny Gray's house. Sonny Gray loves talking to this guy. Um, All these pitchers dig him because everybody, he was the, you know, a couple years ago, he was trying to tell everybody that what he was doing was right. Uh Uh-huh. And people were resistant. Now, People are like, we want to do what you've done. Mm-hmm. And he has set himself as the expert and he likes that, that position. Yeah. You know, he's going to, one of the things he's going to look for in that off season is a place where he will be embraced and be allowed to be a leader. Yeah. And you don't, you know, maybe if you are only looking for one year deals or whatever, and you don't know, you say, Hey, I have that here. You know, he's worked with Hunter green in yeah. the off season. And the Reds are like, cool, dude, go for it. Yeah, when you well, uh, interesting. when you produce, you can say stuff like he does when you're getting it done. I mean, when you're going out there, yeah. every, you know, yeah, you got to back it up. Yeah, and he does. He is. Yeah. and he's a, and he's obviously a smart guy, so people can see that he's not he's not just out there popping off saying dumb shit. I mean, what he says makes a lot. Well, of he'll sense. do that too, but I mean, he's thoughtful and he thinks right. through some things. And, and nobody not- takes on a commissioner like him. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. I wanted to ask about the spin rate. You know, I got two yeah. theories. I could see him. I could see him actually using the pine tar and admitting to mm-hmm. it as soon as the season's over, just to show his point that he's been making this whole time. Or I could see him, you know, sticking to it and never using it and just having made an adjustment. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. Yeah, no, I mean it's certainly something we've asked about it, and he's just, you know, he'll blow it off. And I think, I think, whichever one of it, it those it is, and I, I believe I'm like with you, man. It's one of the extremes. <laughs> yeah, and. He's he's doing it to prove a point. I mean, he knows that spin rate's there, yeah. and he knows there's a reason. 
And he's going to, he's going to find a time where yeah. to him, it's going to get him the most attention on both himself and his particular belief. Yeah. yeah. And that's when he's going to announce it and let it be known. Yeah. It is. If, it is if he's there are no it, accidents. Yeah. If he's using it, it'd be at his Cy Young conference. He would, yeah. he's, I think he's petty enough to say, this is, <laughs> you know, I, I used pine tar this year and I, I, I've been right this whole time. I just won the Cy Young. <laughs> yeah. And, and no, I think you're, you're 100%. I could absolutely on. see him doing yeah. that. He is, he is very much, you know, the guy that he reminds me the most of, and maybe this is just convenient and I've thought about it and, and there are a ton of differences, trust me, Maddox. but he's a lot like Joey Votto yeah. in that uh, everything he does has a reason. Yep. Yeah. Joey, everything Joey says has a reason. The yep. reason behind mm-hmm. it, he thinks through his answers before he speaks. Yeah, you got two and, good quotes in those guys, man. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's why the Zoom stuff's terrible for us. Yeah. Because, like, you get Joey aside and mm-hmm. Joey in the right mood and right. Joey wanting to say something. Right. It's coming. That's like Donaldson it's, last year when we had him and you get him in the clubhouse. He was like that. But but Vado is also. He's, he's sharp. He is. He knows he is, he's, he's really kind of just different than anybody else mm-hmm. that, that he thinks through everything and he is so right on. And it's, it's funny that he has been criticized for his approach and all these other things. And it's just like, wait, 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 that's Joey Fado. I mean, yeah, look he's at thought the, about this a few times. Yeah. It, it just, he's thought, thought it through and everything he does is for a reason. And he, he knows better than you do. Hey, I didn't. He, he knows better than anybody. I haven't checked his. I, I, I really believe that. I haven't checked his splits in the last couple of weeks. But when I looked a couple of weeks ago, he had like a huge OPS at home, nine hundred thousand on the road. He had the lowest OPS among major league qualifiers. So I was like, how is that even possible? Did that even out it, a little bit? It was below five hundred at the even time. Looked, yeah, I mean, it was really low. He was he was just struggling. Um, he got benched in mm-hmm. uh, the end of August, and since then it changed some stuff and he was in the middle of changing it then. Yeah. Um, but he, he's been a better player and I don't know, man, he is just, mm-hmm. he's different. And this team, I mean, that is, that is a big thing. Like you mentioned the home road splits and not just for Joey, but for this team that this is a team built to play at great American ballpark. Mm-hmm. This is a team that has 20 more home runs at home than they do on right. the road as they should. Um, this, yeah, it, it, yeah, they should, uh-huh. but, this is a team that scores primarily through the home run. It's almost 60% of their runs yeah. come so the via Braves. home run. They so won the Braves. Of, of their 31 games, they hit home runs in 28 of those. Mm-hmm. They won just three games where they didn't hit a home run. Yeah. And, and the last of those was the last day of the season. So, hey, before we let you go, what about Lucas Sims, man? What's he done to, be, uh, to get it figured out over there in uh... – Cincinnati because he really they gave him several years here and you know back and forth triple a on the shuttle didn't really get a great chance with you know extended but he could never put it together at the big league level here yeah he um you know he he said he he had a he had a um he came to an organization that that really cared about what he did and looked at what he did mm-hmm. I think I think sometimes it's just sometimes I think we're all like this yeah. It's maybe not the message as much as the messenger mm-hmm. and how it is delivered. And with Lucas, I think part of it was the expectations plus maybe the messengers wasn't getting through. Right, right. Um, 
his stuff. I mean, you want to talk about spin rate? Yeah, he always had that great breaking ball. He's elite. Yeah, and yeah, and maybe it's not even where he was that caught up with him, mm-hmm. but when? Yeah, yeah, that happens, man. You know, this is so much different than like like Eric. When when did you first hear about spin rate? Uh, like three years. Well, no, I mean, I started hearing about it for maybe four years ago. But, you know, as players, we always knew when a dude had a sneaky fastball that had ride and got on you. We just didn't have a way to quantify it. And once, you know, if for me, I went to driveline one day and they they told me just to put as much spin as I could on a breaking ball. And I think I hit 3,500. But in my life, I'd never, you know, I never really tried that. I never, I never, I looked at the break and stuff. So. So you it's, knew it, but you didn't yeah. implement it, right? I, well, I couldn't. I didn't just try to max out on the spin because I was thinking angles, trajectory, all other stuff, keeping my mechanics the same. And you you might have this elite talent you don't even know about. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what it is with Lucas. And it's just tapped in both the time and place were right. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's been he's been great. Yeah. And when he gets ahead, he's like, once I get strike one on you, you're done. At the Arizona yeah. Fall and League. It, he's man, almost been that way. When he was in the Arizona Fall League, I was out there that year, and he was the talk of the league for a few of his starts. He had huge strikeout numbers out there. And then he came back here and just didn't do anything after that, coming off that Fall League. But he was really good out there. And it was his breaking ball that was just, everybody was watching. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's one of those deals that I think both teams are like, yep, we're good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, yeah, well, I've talked about been, that. You know, Duvall is not going to spot the Braves. He's going to be back next. You got two more years of control with him. Yeah, yeah. And the Reds were going to non-tender him. Yeah, yeah. Some people <laughs> wanted the Braves too after last year. Thank God they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and 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 even before that, you know, yeah, in eighteen. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he was terrible. That's when the Reds were going to non-tender him, and I could I could have seen the the Braves doing yeah, it too. They, they considered it, but it was still such a low salary considering how bad he'd been that they knew it, and they needed the depth at the time too. So, uh, so Trent, everybody thought the Central was going to really suck this year, and you end up having four teams in the. And granted, it's an expanded playoffs, but still, four teams is pretty impressive. Is that just balance more more than you know high quality or what? I I I, I think maybe, although I'm not so sure because you you know. It, it's so weird this year. It's like there's three leagues instead of two. Mm-hmm. And it's it's the old school thing. And it's like, I mean, if you look around, you know, the Cubs have good pitching. The Brewers have some good pitching. The Reds have good pitching. Um, the Cardinals, you know, it's like the pitching league. And it's like, well, is the pitching good or the hitting bad? Yeah. But when you look like, hey, if Christian Yelich and Chris Bryant aren't hitting. Yeah, man. Maybe it is Crazy. the pitching. Maybe the pitching is that good when you look at who's not hitting. Cause you know, like you, you look at Joe Votto and you go, okay, he's older yeah. and whatever. And you look at some of these other names, like, you know, Braun, older, whatever. But like if Christian Yelich isn't hitting, yeah, I'm sorry. That might be the pitching in this division because Yelich is really, really he's damn good. good. You know, and, and like I just don't buy it that Christian Yelich is all of a sudden not good. That's the craziest thing of this season is that yeah. there's he's not alone. There's like five of those guys. Bellinger didn't hit for a long time. Look at his numbers at the end yeah. of the year. Nothing. The guys that were supposed to be the uh, perennial MVP candidates, none of them are up there except Betts, you know, changing leagues. And and I saw, I think there's a lot to the ramp up. Some guys just hit. Some guys mm-hmm. don't need to hit. Other guys, it just totally disrupted them having this – you know, go to spring training for six weeks, then shut it down for three and a half months and then try to pick it up. It just messed up a lot of guys. Yeah. And like Joey is a guy who takes, he always kind of 
every year he's a little bit different guy and he does something a little bit different and goes through the season. You see those tinkerings. And once he locks in, Mm -hmm. he's Joey Votto, but it takes that time to lock in. And, and not only did he not get the full ramp up of, um, experimenting time in spring training, he then gets stopped and he's such a feel guy Mm -hmm that he didn't have that feel and it took a while to get that feel back. And I think he did. And, and that's just one example. And that's the guy that I probably pay the most attention to. Uh, but he, you know, we're talking a hall of fame type guy. Right. Um, and, and that's something is, and, and just see like Chris Bryant struggle and, oh and, and Yelich. I mean, Yelich is the one that just jumps out. Yeah. Cause he's been so good for like four years. I mean, he's been terrific. But, I mean, he was, he was phenomenal and, 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 Miami, yeah. you saw him up close. Yeah, Braves wanted time. him back. And then I mean, he's so consistent. You know, he's kind of like a Freddie Freeman type guy. So that's why it really right. shocks me too. There's really. a different so pressure like, this year, though. You know, you, you don't. True. You, if you struggle in April in a in a six month yeah. season, you know, there's a big quote in baseball. Guys always say water finds its level. You know, so that, so there's no panic because you know you got five months, and the guys that put up their numbers almost always find a way to get there. Like if Votto starts off hitting 220, he hits 400 for two months, and all of a sudden at the end of the season. His numbers look the same, and there's just no time yeah. for that this year. So I, I'm sure a lot of players felt pressure that got off to slow starts and that added pressure trying to put up numbers in a hurry. You know, you might not take the same time and, and make your adjustments the same way. So I, I feel like that probably affected a lot of guys too, just not having time to fix their numbers so they press more. Yeah, and like, you know, I remember at the beginning of the season, right, when we were starting, I think it was Mike Mustakas who just says, my numbers don't mean anything this year. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. They just don't. And I, I think a lot of guys have to get into that. You got to be there. Yeah. For a season like and this. It, and it's a lot easier when you're in the first year of a four year, $64 yeah. million dollar contract <laughs> to say that yeah. than, than, than maybe in some other situations. Yeah. So it is, I, th- I think you're so right on that. And like also when you go to the plate and you look up and you're like, we're in a pennant race <laughs> and I'm hitting a buck 98. <laughs> yeah. What the hell's going on here? Yeah. It hurts your ego to see that up there too. Well, you know, yeah, you're a pitcher. You had one bad outing. You got a seven. A a reliever. You (laughs) have a seven, and you can just be shoving all season long. But you had that one early where it was like cold or hot or something. You know, just you had a blister on your finger, and you gave up a couple runs and a third of an inning, and all of a sudden you got a seven up there, and you're just like, dude, I thought I felt good. Yeah, I mean that happens, and and you know if you have a bad month or two as a reliever. I had a bad 2012. The first month and a half, I was terrible. I had like a seven. It took – I've had to throw like 60 innings, two runs the rest of the year to finish with good numbers. So guys just don't have that time this year. And if it was a two-month season then, I would have been – the numbers would have looked terrible on the, on 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 paper, but I also would have been really pressing to try to fix it and maybe not maybe not been so calm and, and confident to figure it all out and give it time. We knew we were going to see also, some weird stuff this year. We said that during the shutdown. And I just think we're yeah, seeing yeah. unprecedented yeah. stuff in an unprecedented season. It's some guys, we're finding out which guys really are routine guys, whether they think it or not. And yeah. they're just totally thrown up, you know, upside down and they just haven't been able to recover. Yep. Well, and also you have to think about guys who are in contract years or going into ARB or, or all of that. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want – it's 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 bullshit just to piss on that if you're a fan and say, well, you shouldn't care about that. Well, yeah, you yeah. should. This is generational wealth. Yeah. This is what you do. You have X amount of years of earning power. You have to worry about yeah. that. You, that does affect. Your wife is there at home 
and she's worried about where she's going to live next year. Yep. I, I think there's like, I think I counted like there were five guys, I think for the reds this year that had kids during the season. Yep. <laughs> they had a kid born and during this. So you're Tucker Barnhart and he's a bad example because his family's in Indianapolis and he could go on other days, but, but some of those other guys, you know, y- you have a child you can Anthony D. Sclafani, you can go home for three days, see the birth, but then you come back here mm-hmm. and yeah. you have to think, here's my first child. Yeah. And I'm missing it. And then I'm struggling yeah, a little bit. To do that. Trout, yeah, that was yeah, a big one. Yeah. Trout was gonna have to do it. Trout, all these guys. I mean, I think there were I, th- I think it was five on the Reds went on paternity leave. Jeez. Which is just I mean, you think about that. Like that's tough in a regular season. In this season, how that beats on you, and then and then on top of that, if the team is struggling and you're struggling, th- you know, that's hard to go out every day. Mookie yeah, Betts was pressure. the smartest one to do what he did, to sign when he did. That was so smart, yeah. man. Get it out of the way. Don't work. Yep. Don't let anything up. Don't leave anything for chance in this weird season. Well, and this offseason is going to be weird. I mean, yeah, we were talking about strange. Trevor Bauer going to get $30 million. Well, I don't – you know, you kind of think about that. Like, if, if it's normal, well – Everybody lost so much money. I mean, it's it. Yeah. We've seen the gutting begin internally. Oh yeah. Um, it, it's going to be a little bit different too. So I, I don't. I would not want to be a free agent this no. year. Like you know, hey, no. Nick Castellanos has an opt out. I don't opt out if I'm him. No. Well, we talked about that last uh, last week. How you know you've been criticizing teams a lot for not spending money the last few years, but this year they actually have a legit legit reason yeah. not to. You know, a lot of them did lose money, so it'll be real interesting to see if you know, teams use that and barely spend anything. Yeah. This is the first time I actually believe them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen the books with the Braves, you know, 200 million so we, from the second quarter from last yeah. year's second quarter, 200 million. Cause they went from playing 41 home games to playing none, you know, <laughs> and then the battery also way down Yeah, with crowds, sure. with rent, people diverting rent and everything, you know, putting it off anyway, guys, let's take a quick break and then we'll finish up the show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know, uh, Freddie Freeman, which makes what he did, what he has done, all the more impressive with it, what he was one of the few guys that really had terrible bout with COVID, you know, had the bad symptoms. Most guys were asymptomatic or had just a little bit, a little bit of fever or something. He was racked, man. So he misses all of summer camp, plays the last five days. They were at the point where it was on Saturday. If he had not been ready and passed the two, the uh, back-to-back negative test, because he had been uh, he had gotten healthy a week earlier. He'd been asymptomatic for about a week. Didn't pass the test till Saturday. That was the last day. They said if it goes to Sunday, we can't do it because opening day was Friday. So he gets in there, has six days of working out, five games, three exhibitions, and the or three uh, inter squad and the two exhibitions against Miami. Goes in, faces Degrom opening day. Didn't look like himself at all the first. Uh, I, I put the stats down yesterday. It's it's amazing. He went first fifteen games. He hit two hundred ten for fifty two homers seven thirteen OPS. Okay, 
we're thinking, okay, this is going to be the year where it's not going to be Freddie. It's just, you know, everything just con- conspired against him and it's going to be a bad year. Okay. He flicks the switch at the doubleheader <laughs> in Philly, game 16 and 17, has three hits in each game, double, triple, and a homer in the second game. Starting with that day, his last 45 games, the dude hit 384. 32 extra base hits, 11 homers, 35 walks, 44 ribbies in 45 games, 500 OBP, and a 1220 OPS. I mean, some guys are just born with that shit, man. Some guys can just yeah. hit. I mean, I mean, I mean, forget forget a crown. Give him a cape. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's nuts. It's insane. And like you just it's funny, like, you know, I always hear this term used derogatory. In a derogatory term, but like the narrative is so good. <laughs> Screw it. I love the narrative. I'm a writer. I love narratives. Um, the stats back up his MVP race. I was an MVP voter, so I can't tell you who I voted for, but I am wondering if Freeman will be um, unanimous. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be near. I think there might be a one or two out west out west coast vote for bets, maybe. Yeah, I mean, because they saw Tatis right. every day. Right. They saw Machado every day. And this bets. year is so different. It's almost like I was. I wrote something. Um, well, if either of you guys read Japanese, you can you can read it there. Um, but I wrote something. It's like you know you should have three Cy Youngs and three MVPs. Yeah, I thought right. about that too. Well, Snit went from. Just, from the silos. advocating for Freddie for you know weeks on end, going oh I, to me it's a slam dunk. To the last week he changed that to they should split it between Freddie and Ozuna. <laughs> like it's not going to happen. They're <laughs> not going to split it. Out yeah. well. <laughs> but I, I I filled out that ballot. It doesn't have that option. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean it could happen, but it's highly unlikely that it'll happen. I think it's happened yeah. once, or if it ever happened, I think I thought it happened once in one of the major races. Cy Young maybe. I don't even remember, and I know it year. was really, really close a couple years ago yeah. when Stanton won um, over Votto. It could have, it could have happened. Yeah. I think they said that it, it almost hurt him having Ozuna on his team. It doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I help. mean, but you look at it. I mean, it doesn't help Tatis it doesn't help Machado Tatis either. And Machado. Exactly. Right, right. Good point. So I think both of those teams, uh, the Braves, I think, could have three in the top ten. I think some people. I voted for Acuna like nine or ten, and I think a lot of people probably did. I, I think he's he's very worthy in there. Yeah. Um, you know, heck, you could have two in the um, top five in, with the Nationals. Yeah, in the top ten, absolutely. I put but I put those two again, in there. I put Trey Turner and him and Soto both in there. I think they are both in my ten yeah. as well. Um, but 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 that almost goes. That's almost further for what we were talking about. There were three different leagues. Yeah, and it goes back to yeah. what we said about the Central. Was the Central that good? We don't we don't know. No, you find out the playoffs now. You really don't know. Yeah, and even then, it's playoffs not, are yeah, it's a crapshoot, especially a three-game series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you don't have to have that pitching. A three-game series. I don't like yeah, that they're calling tough. it a wild card series. The Braves' pitching depth is not going to show up uh, as poorly as it would if this first round was a best of five, and you place in the, and you were playing the Reds in a best of five, and Trevor Bauer could come back on, yeah. you know, for game five. So you, you know, the Braves can get times. by for three. If he and Anderson pitches like he did, he only made six starts, but they were five of them were great. Yeah, and uh, and, uh, and and Wright Kyle Wright finally had a breakthrough at the very end. So they could, if if all three guys you know pitch the way they can, they'll be fine. But if they had to go to a game four, oh, if they had to go to Bryce Wilson or fill in the blank, Josh Tomlin, they'd be in trouble. Yeah, it'd against power on game. short rest. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a bullpen game. But it's funny, you know, we were talking about this. 
the Braves, most teams try to get to the other team's bullpen. In this series, the Braves are going to try to get to your bullpen, and the Reds are going to try to get, you know, the Reds are going to need to score off the Braves starters before the bullpen comes in because <laughs> the Braves' yeah. bullpen is yeah. stout. You need to get yeah. to the starters. Yeah, the, the Reds' bullpen's pretty good, but it's not what their starters are. Yeah, yeah. They need to tr- they need to work the pit, get pitch counts against a couple of those guys. I don't know how Bauer is. I think Bauer's just too good to fall for that. But well, he'll throw 140. And he, he also like yeah. I mean, he also is like oh one one twenty. All right, yeah. whatever. Yeah, He's not afraid yeah. of throwing 140 pitches in a playoff right. start. Not like the Braves. A hundred. Ah, we're gonna turn to dust. <laughs> like I think like most, I don't remember teams. what it was. I was. I looked at it at some point where like the only game that I know he's done it one or two before that, but that, that, that Bauer didn't throw a hundred mm-hmm. was when he threw a complete game shut a uh, complete game in seven innings, Yeah, you know, and he was like 98 for that. Yeah. But otherwise he's, he's always like, if he's getting out, get going he's not at coming out, man. I mean, I've been doing this long enough that, and you have too. I, it was routine for guys to go. 125 to 130 for the longest time. Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson would routinely go between 135 and 150. It was nothing for them to go 140. I mean, can you imagine a guy doing that now, 140? No. I mean, it would have to be like a playoff game or a no-hit bet. And it would have to be a guy like Bauer. Yeah, Bauer. Yeah. Bauer, Bauer, Verlander. Edwin Jackson threw like 150 pitch no-hitter, I think. I was talking to, talking to Maddox for this Smoltz story the other day that's coming out tomorrow. And, you know, I was looking at the numbers. Like, when those guys were together in the first part of their decade together, they were each going 235 to 245 innings, uh, 36, 35 starts. And Maddox goes, yeah, you know, the, the pitch count was what the pitcher felt it should be. Yeah. And nowadays, because they'd come out and go, how you feel? And you'd just tell them. He goes, nowadays, it's like you get close to 100 and everybody goes in a panic. He goes, but we were good for, he goes, Smoltz was good for one th- about 135 on average. Uh, Glav was about 125, and I was about 110, which for Maddox, 110 is like 150 for a normal pitcher because of his, you know, he didn't throw any balls. But I was yeah, like, yeah, and, and the stress crazy level, now. you know, there's there's a lot of different 100-pitch outings. If you cruise through 100, yeah. there's not a lot of runners on base, or if you're five innings in and you've had the bases loaded three times and all kinds of stuff going on and, and throwing high leverage pitches – yeah. yeah, I think hundreds is just a number that I don't know if there's been any studies on it, but yeah. it seems like just a nice just clean number to kind of base it off of. But I don't know if there's any difference really between 95 and 115 or 110. You know, you could just pick a random number. Hundreds just clean. And it depends on how the guy throws, like you said. Yeah. I mean, some guys, you know, I mean, Smoltz, think about him, that the wear and tear he was putting on his arm. He was throwing fastballs and that and nasty split. Split. That split, throwing 135 yeah. pitches and make you know, 250 innings, 240 innings. Woo. Yeah, and then the theory too that most teams have that third time through the order and all that stuff. That yeah. you, you know, there's yeah. a lot of guys don't even get the opportunity to find out if they if yeah. they are durable. Yeah, it's like it's the third yeah. time through the order. Everybody's like, okay, here we go, strap in, yeah. here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's totally changed, man. Yeah, <laughs> I like your note about uh. Trent, you said Wednesday's going to – I feel the same way. Wednesday is going to be like uh, March Madness. There's going to be eight yep. games Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, man. That is going to be cool. so cool. How awesome is That's that? That's going to be really cool. You almost wish I didn't have to like cover just any of flipping between games. Yeah, I know. But that's what's uh, nice. Your team's on the road. Games. You'll be at home. <laughs> 
I will be. I'll be here. I'll be in my little basement. So I might set up another TV uh-huh. monitor down here. For, up to going. The first game's going to be at 9 a.m. on the West Coast. So I mean, I watch all day. Braves at noon here. That's yeah. this yeah. one. Yep. Um, they so Sonny Gray, man, he's uh, he had what did what did he have? A little bit of a he was banged up a little bit, but he's fine now. A little back, but I mean, uh-huh. his last you know, it came, he was five innings, he was good. I mean, he was he was really good Sunday. That was a good start for him. Um, if they needed that game, it was going to be Bauer on short rest again. Uh-huh. Um, but they didn't need that game, and it was kind of a tune up for for gray just to see where he was and um he looked real good he was he was um, he looked like he looked like weeks. sunny first month of the season he was Cy young candidate yeah i mean he was i think i think i voted him five last year mm-hmm. um he was our opening day starter yeah um so so like you know they've they've got two their last two opening day starters and the presumptive uh Cy young winner this year going in their three games and and bauer and him have both been the playoffs plenty yeah, I mean, both have pitched in the playoffs. Um, both have some experience there. Castillo has not. Um, but, yeah, you know, they have that experience. Bauer, I think I added it up, had has 40 – or no, it wasn't – it was Moustakis, has 42 games yeah. in the playoffs. And Oosh. that is one more than the rest of the team combined. Yeah. He's been, is Moose the team leader or is Joey Votto still kind of – Yeah, no, it's, it's Moose's Moose. team, right? He's vocal. It's, um, yeah, and, yeah, and Joey's – Joey's the guy that everybody respects, right. and if he says something, right. like Freddie, like Marcakis, probably they're there. Yeah, like Marcakis. Yeah, yeah. A very, I think Marcakis is a good example. Yeah, but Moose is the guy that is just like, let's go, boys. Um, yeah, and and is very much in it. Like you know, it's funny. So they had uh, the the whole thing was a um, after every game they had this gong and they would bang the gong. Um, and so everybody gave Moose credit for it. And we asked Moose about it. He goes, yeah, Joey bought it. So, so, you know, that was one of those things, the guy with the most money bankrolled it. And, uh, but it was Moose's idea. And Moose was kind of the leader of this whole thing. Um, and, and his point was you enjoy the wins. You get used yeah. to winning. You enjoy them. You look forward to them. You fight for them. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that, Everybody can say that, but unless you're a guy like Mike Moustakis, who has, I mean, I remember when they signed him or when they signed Wade Miley, talking to Wade Miley, he said, you know, when Moose came to the Brewers, we were different. Yeah. He was the guy that it was just different. Mm-hmm. The team was different with him there because he expected he'd been there. He's been in the playoffs and his, his, his record's not great in the, you know, in the playoffs. He doesn't have a great batting average or anything or on base. And He's got that ring though. Hasn't. But you yeah. got that ring. You've been in Game Seven. Yep. Mm-hmm. You've been in Game Seven of the World Series. Yeah. That's different. Did they go and twice? He's been there, and he's he's been he's gotten the ring. Yeah. McCann and 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 uh, Keuchel added that last year after you know McCann came back to the Braves, having gone played the Yankees and then played won a World Series with the Astros. Him and Keiko added that. It's just that you know McCann was at the very end of his career, but he still added that yeah. that gravitas in the clubhouse. You know that they were kind of lacking. You know Nick has it in a different way, just kind of the severe uh, uh, all business approach. But mm-hmm. when those guys, you know, those young pitchers, when you have McCann behind a plate, you know, it was it meant yeah. something. So, so well, and and that's the Reds went out and signed Mike Mustakis for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
they were they hit early you know because the year before he sat around and he got just that one year deal from the the brewers the reds said we need to be different we think we have the start of it they traded for trevor bauer so they saw hey we'll have a bauer gray castillo lineup or um a rotation mm-hmm. but we need something extra in the lineup in the clubhouse every day yeah and so in december early december before the winter meetings they went and said we're signing Mike Moustakis because this is the kind of guy we want. And if you look at their signings, that's, they went for culture as yeah. much as anything. Yeah. Moustakis was a culture signing. They thought Cast- Castellanos was a culture signing. Um, Shogo Akiyama, you talk to his teammates in Japan, which I did like his, his uh, American teammates. And he was the unquestioned leader. He had the C on his chest. Yeah. He was that guy. He was the guy who, I mean, he played not only every game, he played every inning the last like four or five years in Japan. Uh He was that guy. And so they went for those to do those culture. And, and Joey's, Joey's going to have the stature because everybody knows what Joey's contract is. Everybody knows what Joey's stats are, but you still need that guy who people are going to look to and lead and 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 do it and i think that's what they wanted um i've i've never been in the clubhouse in the times that we're not allowed so i don't know how real it is but i know that they believe it was real yeah that david bell believed it was real and they believed that mike moustakas was the guy to lead everybody in that well that's direction. you know the braves are big on the culture thing too because freddie is his team right but he's not that kind of guy that has like an edge and they thought they lacked an edge and last year that's why they went out and got shot josh donaldson because Alex had had him in Toronto and knew he played with that kind of an edge, that swagger, and they wanted it, and he brought it, and he changed it just being in there the way he – and they all kind of went off his cues, and uh, it made a difference. You know, the culture is – it's big. It, it was interesting. Eric I wrote about with, this. Uh, Eric played with Josh early on in his career in, in Oakland. Saw the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote about this in that, that piece you referenced – but there was, it still sticks out to me so much. The doubleheader on the 14th against the Pirates where they, they just come off the series win against the Cardinals and they needed to just, they needed to sweep the Pirates and Moose hits a big home run. And I asked him after the game, I go, well, that's, that's your biggest home run. That was a big home run. He's like, yeah, you know, it, right. It, I saw that. It was. that was great. <laughs> and he was just like, you know, I've been in a world series. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was like that thing. And he carries that. Yeah. And that's real. And you can be like, yeah, we're excited to win today. But, you know, a September 14th doubleheader against the Pirates. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's in sweatshirts. Yeah. It's important. G- games are important when fans in the stands are in sweatshirts. Yeah. yeah dial it down, boys. We're, we're, we're just getting through this <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> well, you know, for people that uh, – uh, just to wrap this up, the Braves – Fans bemoan the fact that they haven't won a postseason series since 2001, which is hard to believe considering, you know, during the 90s, they went to five World Series. But it's been a long time. They've lost like eight straight division series, a wild card game. Uh, But fans of Cincinnati will tell you it's been a little longer for them. And I bet Braves fans don't realize uh, the Reds last won a postseason series in 95 when they swept the Dodgers in a LDS I bet they've forgotten. Maybe, maybe they've forgotten who beat them in the uh, LCS. Yeah, the Bravos, and then, and then 
Yeah. And then uh, the city of Cincinnati, neither of the team's professional, um, their wow. neither of their teams, the professional teams haven't won a playoff series since then. Wow. The the Bengals have or a advanced in the playoffs, yeah, I yeah. guess is the way right, to say right. it. And and in 2012, the Reds, it was weird because, you know, I don't know if I forget why it was. I think that was the first year of the wild card. Um, and that's why the first two games of the playoffs were on the road uh-huh. and then the three came back home. So they did yeah. two in San Francisco, three back in Cincinnati. The Reds won the first two games in San Francisco and then lost the next three in Cincinnati to the Giants. Yeah, that and format was ridiculous the that they had for like the first three years of the wild card era. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah, but they like they they were like, we went on the road. Yeah. And they had to win one of three games at home. Yeah. The br- and they lost all three. But and then the Bengals haven't won since nineteen ninety. They haven't won a playoff game since 1990. Yeah. Um, the curse of Bo Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> so it was that playoffs that Bo Jackson got hurt. And meanwhile, the 95 that year, of course, the Braves went on to beat uh, Cleveland in the World Series, and that's the only professional sports championship in the city, except for uh, – and people get – MLS get all upset if you don't count the Atlanta <laughs> United, which one. Uh, but I say of the major or the highest level pro sports. Highest before, level is highest a good level. way to put it. Highest level is a good way to because, put it. Because, because that league is – pales next to the premier league in England and a couple of other leagues. I mean, yeah. it, it pales in comparison to the, the Mexican league. Right. Right. So that's why I say that it's not the best league in, in um, North America. Right. Yeah. But hey, it's great. Right. I mean, it's cool. You but know, yeah, you're right. It's got a long way to go still to catch up. Probably never will. But, it is not the top level of sport, but, uh, so yeah, these are two, two cities that are, uh, deprived of, of postseason glory for a while. You know, speaking of that f- format. I had Schultz texting me like, oh, whoa is Atlanta sports? And I'm like, hey, Chief. Yeah. Trust me, I live there. I, I, I know what it's like. But uh, I, I covered the Marlins yeah. in 97. That was my uh, third year uh, on the beat. And they win the wild card. And then they go win the World Series. And I thought, yeah, oh, this is cool. Yeah, this will be fun when I do this again. Well, <laughs> I haven't done it again since. <laughs> but I've never been to a World game the world the marlins did what you were talking about though they uh that was when the format was team with the home field advantage the the series started on the road it was so dumb you played two games at the and then you yeah. went for three at the other place so the braves were uh, the marlins were the wild card team went out and faced the giants the west winners started it started in uh miami and the, and the marlins win the first two games so they go out to san francisco all they had to do was win one game and san francisco had home field advantage <laughs> so they went out and won and won the uh first game there and swept the best of five series yeah, yeah. and then went on to beat the braves in the lcs and cleveland in the world series but snowing in cleveland and 95 and humid in miami during that series crazy yeah it was crazy but anyway this is gonna be interesting tomorrow i'm I'm, uh i don't know what to expect from this series i really don't but uh i think i think it's a toss-up i really do yeah i i I, i'm not gonna be surprised by anything especially best i'm not gonna be surprised by i'm not gonna be surprised at three game series i'm not gonna be surprised either team wins a three game series or either team wins a two game series as great as bauer is i've seen this braves team beat up on scherzer really good pitching beat up on degrom I mean, where you're just going, this is the biggest mismatch ever, and they win that game, you know? Like Soroka. Yeah. He's like won all three matchups with DeGrom. Now, Soroka's not. <laughs> Soroka's really good himself, but, I mean, it's just weird. You know, Scherzer, they've, they've, they've handled him better than, like, any team has. Strasburg was for a long time. 
but he's shoved it up there for quite a while now. But Scherzer, they've they've got to him several times. So we'll see. And they that beat Bauer last year. They beat Bauer last year. Yeah. So yeah, that was his first start. Yeah, first start as a Red. Right, and they beat him in Cleveland, I think, too, that year. Oh, that's right, oh, yeah. they did. Yep. So. I'm excited to see the antics. You know, I, he's been Bauer's been doing some funny stuff on the mound this year, kind of <laughs> playing back with the whole bat flip culture. And I'm I'm excited to see what happens if he has a big first inning and you know pimps a few strikeouts and how the Braves respond to it. We're, I, we're I think there could be of, a lot of back and forth. Eric and I are fans of the pitchers pimping. Yeah, uh, you got a couple guys who'll do it in Bauer, and then uh, don't sleep on Amir Garrett. Yeah, I love, yeah, that. I love I'll do Amir it too. Garrett. That guy's awesome. Oh, last year the Amir's the, the best. The, the fight was great when he wanted to take on the whole dugout, and Puig <laughs> wanted to take on his own teammates. <laughs> well, and, and, well, no, his former teammates at yeah. that point. He'd already been yeah, traded, his right? Former teammates. <laughs> <laughs> Garrett's trying to take on the whole other dugout. <laughs> Puig's trying to take on the Reds. <laughs> it was the craziest night, dude. God. I still was just like, you're like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking, watching it on TV. I'm going, what in the world? I miss these well, brawls. And, and, I miss those fights. And you were down. David Bell had already been injected. Yeah. Freddie Benavides, the bench coach, had already been ejected. They were onto their so like the guy who goes out to get them uh-huh. um to 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 get the ball from um from Amir Garrett was Jeff Pickler, the uh, you know, the outfield coach and <laughs> game plan coordinator or whatever. And so he's out there and Amir's like, I'm going over there, dude. And, yeah. and Jeff's just like, uh, okay. And Jeff gets the ball and it's just like <laughs> looks over and he's like, man, this is not my job. And, there he went over there. and he's sprinting to the fifth <laughs> and then, dugout. And then like David Bell, who'd already been ejected. Yeah. Was <laughs> in the, in the tunnel. And he went, cause what they were doing is he was in the tunnel and Dick Williams, the, the president of baseball operations was in the tunnel telling him about the trade. <laughs> and he sees a mirror go. And then he sprints out yeah. and he takes on, um, yeah. Clint hurdle <laughs> and then he gets tackled and it just, I, I've never seen anything like it. And it was shades uh, of, it was, it was a nice shades thing. of Bob Horner on the DL putting his, running down to the dugout and putting his, or at clubhouse, putting his uniform on so he could be in that huge brawl with the Padres. <laughs> it was one of three times in the last two years that I told my editor, I'm not writing unless something happens to you. Yep. Me. Yep. The that was number two. Number, <laughs> Number one was um, uh, Mike Fires no hitter in Oakland. I had traveled to Oakland that day, yeah. so you know that's a long day. And I said I'm not going to happen if anything happens. They had a hour light delay that the lights weren't turning on in Oakland, so we got delayed by like an hour. That was the day after we had a B delay yeah. in Cincinnati. <laughs> so we had an hour delay. I'm already, I already come from, I had an early morning flight from the East coast to the West coast, a delay. There's an Uber strike. And <laughs> so I'm there and I'm like, I'm not riding unless something happens. That's like uh, sure as shit. It happened. It happened to be twice. No hitter. Two of mine this and then year. This year, this year I told them I wasn't going to write. And that was the night they got a positive COVID test. Oh man. Player got pulled off the field. As mm. they're celebrating, I had two of them this year where I said I'm not gonna, you know, on the budget, I'm not gonna write unless there's news. Soroka blows out his Achilles, Achilles in one of them, and Acuna gets hurt in the other one, leaves the game. 
<laughs> Never say and you're at home and you're just like, okay, put everything aside. Let's get to work. And, uh, it reminds me of your Dave that you were talking about reminded me of, uh, uh, years ago, Bowman and I were in Chicago going to Anaheim. Uh, and we're on the expressway going to O'Hare in the morning. There's already terrible rush hour traffic at like, you know, 7 a.m. going out to the airport. The cab breaks down. This is when we're taking cabs still, not Ubers. Cab breaks down in the traffic, right? We've got to get our airport. We're going to miss our flight, and we're in traffic. Bob and I pull our bags out. We're cussing at the guy. We pull our bags out of his trunk. We, like, wave down one of those super shuttle things that takes people to the airport. <laughs> The guy, we pay the guy to let us on that day. We get on right on the expressway. We're like with our big bags and everything because it was a three-city trip. Of course it we was. We get to Anaheim. We make the flight. We get to Anaheim. We're exhausted and all this. And we're like, okay, it's a it's a night game. We won't be writing on deadline anyway. Nothing will happen, all this. During batting practice, we're up in the press box, exhausted, finally sitting back relaxing after coming upstairs. And we see this commotion out, out in the field of batting practice at the cage. Chipper had hit a ball that hit the pole, the pipe, and went straight back and hit him in the face and knocked him out. (laughs) It like like cut his face, man. We were like, oh, my God. Somebody said, Chipper's down. We're like, what? (laughs) Same day that started in the morning with walking through traffic on the expressway with our bags in Chicago. (laughs) Never fails. Never fails. (laughs) All right. Well. Let's enjoy the games, fellas. And uh, I don't know. See what happens. Gonna be gonna be fun. Gonna be a weird day. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching the games today too. Yeah. And not having to work. Yeah. All right, man. Well, it's good having you on here, right, Trent. Sounds good. It's nice talking to you. Yeah. Dude. Thanks for coming on, Trent. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was fun. All right, Eric. I'll talk to you on uh, on uh, what Friday? Thursday, I think. Thursday, or Friday Thursday, this Friday, week. Friday. Yeah. All right. All right. Hopefully the Braves will still be playing then. We'll have plenty to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. All right. All right. That's 755 is real, and we are out of here.